Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. All right, we're going to jump in. We're doing the kingdom. We're going to do one more kingdom sermon again next week. Next week going to be good. Not that this week's not going to be good, but next week, just wrapping up with parables and just wrapping up the kingdom parables, and that's going to be so awesome. But uh, let me see if I got the right. There it is. Oh, I had the. I was beginning at the end. Isaiah forty five eighteen. Just want to read this scripture to Isaiah forty five eighteen. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain. I mean, here's God identifying himself, and he's saying, this is who I am. He says, this is God. Who is it? Who's speaking this and who's saying this? Thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain. I didn't do anything that I'm doing in vain. All of my purposes I've done intentionally, and I didn't do it in vain. I didn't do it carelessly, but I've done all that I'm doing with incredible purpose and intentionality. So God is very intentional about what he's doing. Who formed it to be inhabited. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. That's what God did. God created all this so that he could fill it with himself and manifest it. And that's what the Lord did. And he didn't do this in vain. Where the kingdom is embraced and a community embraces that, there's a group of reformers, say reformers. Where the kingdom is embraced, that community, they're a group of reformers, and it's established to advance his eternal purpose in the earth. God didn't do this in vain. He created intentionally, and God said that all that I do on earth, I have given to man. And you see, it's amazing that so many people spend all kinds of time talking about original sin, the results of the fall, the results of what happened with Adam, and yet they forget about one of the most important things in the Genesis 1 is, and God blessed them and he said be fruitful and multiply we spend more time thinking about how how man fell than thinking about the first intentional purpose of God which was God blessed them and he said be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth why don't we spend more time concentrating on the blessing than trying to analyze and figure out how awful the fall and how awful sin was see in the new covenant we've been delivered from sin we've been delivered from the power of sin we've been delivered from the enemy and we've been restored to the original purpose which is God has blessed us and that's what Jesus said blessed are you Simon Barjona that's what he said blessed are you now that same authority and anointing that was on my life I share it with you I impart it to you now you are blessed to go change the world and yet we still spend all of our time talking about sin Man, if we just focused on the blessing and focused on the purpose and focused on that God has created us for great purpose, I tell you, sin, sin's not an issue. And the enemy loves getting us bogged down in behavior modification when if you really understood the full reality of your identity, behavior wouldn't be an issue. That's why we're preaching on kingdom because the whole thing is about identity and who you are because he's not just a way maker, he's a king maker and he's the king of kings and you're a king and a ruler over an, over an intentional purpose of God. Amen. 
Thank you. Thank you for you three people being here today. Four. Thank you very much. Sorry about the four. Jeremy, that's awesome. Jeremy, every time online, I say all three people. Jeremy said four. Jeremy, okay. Jeremy's in the house, is in the house. All right, Impact Church, let's Impact Church. Impact Church, we are transforming lives to impact their world. We're not transforming lives to get to heaven. We're not sharing a little story about how Jesus died for your sins, so you get to go to heaven. I mean, all that's true. But you see, here's the reality is God did all of this and the eternal purpose of God. If you follow the whole story right through, you don't end up in heaven anyways. You end up back on earth reigning and ruling with him. And see, so the earth is incredibly important to God, and God wants a community right now to start to manifest his goodness and his kingdom today, today. So we are committed, and I always like to say global glory. In the old days, they used to say global domination. Cheryl thought that was a bit of a weird word, so I had to change it to global glory. Who likes domination better than just glory? I mean, because, you know, dominate. We are here to dominate. We aren't here to just get along and kind of be a little bit of an influence and God get us out of here. And if you've got bad eschatology that's sad and gets miserable at the end, you're probably saying, it's about time to get us out. It's not time to get us out because he's going to have a glorious church. He's going to fill the earth with his glory. There's going to be a massive demonstration of who he is, a powerful revival, all kinds of souls coming in. The last feast to be realized on God's timetable is the feast of harvest. So we're going to see a massive harvest of souls in the earth. So no matter what the devil's trying to trump up right now, God is going to have his way and he's going to manifest that through the body of Christ. Amen. Now, I want to talk today just about, I was going to say kingdom and revival, but, but I just struggle with revival because if you need revival, you have to say I'm dead because your revival, revival is life and re means you got to get your life back. And, and I think revival is nice, but I just, I, I, I don't need revival. I don't know about you, but God never leaves me. He's always right there. I'm full of him all the time. I didn't get the anointing in a part or a little bit. I'm not crying out for God to touch me more. I'm not saying, please, God, can I get closer? Because I am one with Christ, one spirit with him, an absolute union with him. And I'm confident in his promises over my life. And I know who I am in him. And I'm not dead. I'm very much alive. So I had to change my whole mindset, and I said, well, what am I going to talk about? Well, reform. I like reform. And it's not that we've got to be reformed, but when you preach the kingdom and you talk about the kingdom, it's going to cause reform in your life, reform in your culture, reform in your world, and reform in all spheres of this world, because the kingdom isn't just to get you out of here. The kingdom is so that you can influence the world you're in, because we're all about transforming lives to impact their world. And that's what we want. So we want you to understand that the kingdom message has always been a reform message. In John 2, 11, Jesus, it says, did the first of his miraculous signs in Cana of Galilee. And in this way, he revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. So the purpose of God is to fill the earth with his glory. And the first miracle Jesus did, what was the purpose of it? To reveal his glory. So whenever the kingdom is preached, there's gotta be things that run in and collide with the physical matter, with the things that are darkness, with the things that are not manifesting kingdom. Wherever you go, the miraculous should be released to change the world and bring reform into circumstances and situations. Amen. 
So that's what that's all about. So he said, how did, what happened then? He performed a miracle. He turned the water into wine, and it says, and thus he revealed his glory. Let me read this sentence to you. Colonization is the most important component of the kingdom. Heaven on earth is God's purpose. Embracing this is the, this, embracing this the only, is the only way to fully grasp. I, I must have messed up my sentence. Embracing this is the, that's right. Embracing this is the only way to fully grasp the message of God's word and the priority of Jesus Christ. Let me read that again. It's a lot to say. I just, I just said this. I just said this to you. I said, colonization is the most important component of the kingdom. He just told us the most important thing of the kingdom. Hmm. What's for lunch? See, last week we were talking about being citizens. I talked about em embassies, where, where if I went to an embassy, a Canadian embassy in another country, I stepped into the land of Canada. See, when you walk through those doors, you step into kingdom. You step into a corporate gathering of people, people who are, are, are foreign to the, the house of God. When they walk in, and I had a guy walk out one time. I was greeting people at the door. They were going out, and he went, there's, there's something in there. And he just, he just went out the door, you know you know, it's the presence of God. Like we were singing the songs, you know, like without your presence, man, it's, there's nothing. But you know, when you step into the embassy of God, when you step into the house of God, you step into a new culture, a new realm, a place where there's a new fresh manifestation of heaven on earth. And see, we are not just to have little churches that hang on, hang on until God gets us out of here, but those churches are to communicate with the folks to equip the saints so that we don't just have heaven when we're at church on Sunday, but we take heaven with us all over the world everywhere we go in your workplace, where God has placed you, where, where you're, you're getting the seed bag filled to serve the purpose of God in your life, you take heaven from here and you fill every realm of your life with heaven on earth. And see, that colonization is the most important thing in the kingdom. See, he gave you the kingdom so that you could take over the world. And it's, it's not like a violent thing. It's a love thing. We lovingly set captives free, set people free, and we demonstrate the kingdom everywhere we go. Look at Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. The law and the prophets were, complained, were proclaimed, they were preached. Pay attention, that's very important. The law and the prophets were preached until John, John the Baptist. All right, so they were preached how long? Until so the law and the prophets were preached how long? Did John come? Has John gone? What's no longer got to be preached? The law and the prophets were preached until John. You know what the power of the sin is? The power of the sin? You know what the power of sin is? The law. There's a lot of people preach the law and they think we're going to get results by preaching the law. It says the power of sin is the law. Now, the law is wonderful and you can't change the law. The law is perfect. The thing is the law can't save you and cannot change you at all. In fact, the law will continue to beat you over the head and show you, look how perfect the law is and look how awful you are. But thank God we're living in a new covenant. Can you say new covenant? See, the law was an old covenant, but the new covenant does not say, here's what you got to do to get close to God. The new covenant says God got very close to you. Look at all the blessings you now have. Let me say that again. The old covenant is try and do all you can to get close to God. The new covenant is God decided to get close to you. He eliminated everything that hinders, and now look at all the stuff you get. 
Now, I know that's good news, and some people think, that's just too good to be true. You're, you're putting God in a, in a weird spot. You're putting words in his mouth. No, I'm not. That's what his word says. What you couldn't do and that you were weak, I did for you. I became sin for you. I, I became poor for you that you might be the righteous of God. Not that you might have it imputed to you and it might be wiped over you, but you are absolutely righteous. Not just a declaration, but an absolute fact. And you don't have to try to behave right. You are right. And now it just flows out of you because identity always shapes behavior. All right, I'm nowhere near my notes, but praise Jesus. So the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John, but since that time, 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 what was that time? Since that time, look what it says. The good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is forcing their way in. See, when you preach the good news of the kingdom, I mean, boom. Everybody wants some. But you see, sadly, we don't preach kingdom. We preach sin management. Have you been afraid this week, brother, sister? Have you been down under it this week? Have you had cause for concern? Well, here's three tips. Turn to God in your time of sadness. Sing a little song. And, oh my goodness, I mean, fear runs from me. I am more than a God. If God be for us, who can be against us? Christ on the inside of me. I mean, oh my goodness. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I mean, is that true or no? I think it's true. I believe it's true. So until, but the good news of the kingdom has been preached and everyone is forcing their way into it. Now, John the Baptist is the one who said, behold the Lamb of God. So he was a great prophet. In fact, Jesus said, John was the greatest of all Old Testament prophets. The greatest. Wow. Like you think all the prophets, you think of Elijah and Jeremiah and, and Isaiah, and you think all the prophets, you go, Samuel, you go, wow, these guys were powerful people. And yet the Bible says that John the Baptist was the greatest of the old covenant prophets. But you know what he says? That he says, but greater is you, you, there's more going on in you than in him. And you are greater than even John the Baptist because he lived in an old covenant reality. You live in a new covenant reality. He was hoping for something to come. You were living out of the realization that it's already here. Sadly, way too many people even trying to fight this pandemic with old covenant patterns. If we would turn back to God, he would heal our land. You know what? You already have the authority to heal your land. God turned to us in a big, big way, and he's given you now authority over all affairs of the earth. And he said, disciple the nations, bring them under my reign and my rule. And yet we keep on thinking, did we screw up? Like, did we offend you somehow? Have, have we gone far from you? And therefore, he's not poor in this honest. You can't say it's from the devil and, and, and then say that God's mad at you and that's why he let the devil, you know, kick you all in the teeth. It's from the devil. It's wrong. And we got the responsibility to say enough is enough. And see, the kingdom people are supposed to be a people of reform, not a people of let's get along with the problems in the world, but a people who bring transformation to the world. Is anybody here today? I, you know what? I have to wrap this up. I'm already at that point, and I'm barely through my introduction. But the sad thing about John the Baptist was John, John was a law preacher, and, and, and John preached law, but Jesus came to bring grace. But because John was a law preacher, when he saw Jesus and how he ministered, he didn't like it. 
In fact, when John was in jail, he heard he was got his disciples telling him what Jesus is doing. I mean, he's taking them out in the wilderness. He's feeding 25,000 people with a kid's lunch. He's, he's walking on water. He's hanging out with sinners. And he's, it's just, I don't know, he's a friend of sinners. I mean, I can't believe what he's doing. He's just, you know, he's healing people, touching people. Everywhere he goes, it's like a party. John goes, what's wrong with this? This, is, this isn't, you know, what I foresaw. And John literally asked his disciples, would you go? Go and find Jesus. Go and talk to him. Because he said, I, I just I just." can't get, a, get my head around what's going on. So Luke chapter 7, 18, it says, Jesus had the disciples come to him, all right? John's disciples come and they say, we need to know, are you really the one? What a sad, sad thing. The guy who announced this is the Christ later on is saying, are you really? You know, there's a few people probably doing that today. I believed in you. I trusted in you. I mean, I was hoping for things to get better, but things are really tough. My, my life is narrowed. I don't know. Maybe, are, are you really the one? See, John the Baptist, who prophesied, you're the Christ, he suddenly got to a place where he questioned, was I right? Maybe, maybe we should be looking for somebody else. So when he comes to Jesus, or his disciples come to Jesus and say, should we be looking for somebody else? Here's what Jesus did. Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. You ready? The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. Here's my answer, John. Boom, 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 boom. See, we got a lot of speeches. We got a lot of talks. We got a lot of people talking about what's going on. But you know, we've got to start to see the manifestation of the power of God. We got to start seeing the way maker and everything really manifest. We can't just sing about it. We got to actually let our life and our faith rise up. And we got to believe that. We got to step out of the boat and start to confess some stuff and see something shift and change. Sure, but look at us all sitting in our little socially distant stuff with our masks on. Here we are manifesting power and faith, aren't we, Pastor? Well, we're being polite. We're being kind. We're honoring a process right now. But I tell you, this ain't our future. And this ain't where we're going to be. And this is going to shift. But you know what? Let's, let's not worry about whether we're in mass or not. Let's just command this thing to stop. Let's just command this thing to end. Let's just step into our identity and who we are. And let's confront this with everything in us. So he says, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended at me. See, Jesus is saying, John got offended at me. John got offended at my ministry. John got offended at what I was ministering and what I was doing. He got offended. The word is scandalon. He got scandalized because John said, I, mean, I don't understand. We say, I preach. I said to them, the kingdom is coming. And look, you came. I said, the kingdom of God is coming. And you came. And look what you're doing. You're touching lepers. You're hanging out with broken people. You're casting devils out of people. You're going into publicans and, and tax collectors' houses. You're, you're going and hanging out with people that are worst of the very worst. But he's walking into those places and he's delivering them and setting them free from bondage. And that's what we got to be doing. We got to be those kind of reformers in the earth today. Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach that gospel, that good news gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to bring liberty to the captives, sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord is Jubilee. Jubilee, man, everybody gets their stuff back. 
And see, when Jesus fulfilled this, Jesus read that scripture and he said, today that scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, which means from that point on, let the scripture interpret the scripture. I didn't say it, Jesus read it, and he said, today this is fulfilled in your hearing, which means now every one of us get all of our place back. We get all of our stuff back. We get all of our position back, all of our placement in him back. We are everything that God has called us to be now in the name of Jesus. And that means that we have this beautiful kingdom message, not to keep it to ourselves, but to loose it and manifest reform in every area of where we are. We don't see here and go, well, what are you guys doing? Well, we're hanging on till it's over. You know, we're hoping it'll get better soon. Man, we got to dig down deep and just fight this. I, I curse COVID every day. I curse it every day, you stinking devil. Every time I got to walk into a store and put a mask on, I go, I curse you, devil. This is disgusting stuff. Hey, I'm not here to get along. I'm here to do something. And God didn't create all of this in vain. He did it intentionally on purpose. He said that I must preach the kingdom in other cities. That's the purpose for which I came. Matthew 9, 35, then Jesus went about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among the people. What do you got? He's preaching and he's demonstrating. So everywhere Jesus went, there was hearing and seeing. I'm saddened that too often we're just hearing about the kingdom, but we're not seeing the kingdom. We got to see the kingdom. Folks, the world's crying out for a manifestation of the sons of God, and it's time for us to demonstrate the kingdom. Can I get an amen? So we're not just preaching a nice kingdom message. We really want kingdom to begin to reform us, but also to bring a reformation to culture. Matthew 10, 7 and 8, he sent them out. He sent them out and he said, I'm sending you out and I want you to go as you go. I love that, as you go, not go, but as you go. Because going is expected. Going is understood that you're going. As you go, say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. This isn't something you had to work yourself up for or qualify for. Listen, the least of you in this room, the least of you in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. The least of you in this room, you have freely received the fullness of the kingdom. You don't have the anointing by part or by little bit. You've been given the anointing without measure. You can use the keys of the kingdom and manifest his power everywhere you go. You know, we got to do that. We don't want us to hear the kingdom message everywhere. It was a show and tell, show and tell, show and tell. Even Jesus, I read it in, in uh, John 10. If I don't do miracles, don't believe me. I mean, if you're talking to people and you're not doing miracles, but you want them to believe your message, it says, as he was sent, so I send you. See, we've got to do the stuff every day, every way, because that's what the kingdom is all about. In Matthew 24, 14, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness, which means with evidence to all nations, then the end will come. So the kingdom, what's going to be preached? The gospel, what kind of gospel? The gospel of the kingdom. There's a new king. There's a new realm. You can step into a place that is not affected by the kingdom of darkness, but you can come into the kingdom of light where literally you get heaven on earth that's what they were told to do and that gospel that gospel has to be preached to every single part of the world then the end will come it's not going to come until the whole world is flooded with a message of kingdom power and authority by the body of christ is anybody want to do some of that one person on this side anyone else Boy, a few of us are going to have to work really hard because everybody else is kind of like, I'm just going home to have a barbecue. I don't know. Do a barbecue for the glory of God. 
Invite your neighbor, lay your hands on him. Give him an anointed piece of barbecued beef. Hey, Acts chapter 8, we go into Acts now. Jesus has ascended. He gave them authority. Acts chapter 8, it says, but when they believed Philip's preaching, he preached, what did he preach? He preached things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ and seeing the miracles and the signs and the wonders being done. We got to have both paddles in the water, folks. If we're just talking, 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 we got to go kingdom, words and miracles, words and evidence. We start doing that, we're going to gain traction. We're going to get somewhere. But the kingdom is about reform, and we are reformers. We are not here to get along with the world. I mean, the cosmos, the, the way this society runs, we are here to bring transformation to our society. Acts chapter 19, 8 to 12, Paul was reasoning. He was persuading them concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Now, he worked unusual miracles through Paul and by the hands of Paul, that even when Paul was preaching, he'd wipe his head and he'd throw out the handkerchiefs, and they would take, take the handkerchiefs hundreds of miles away to other cities, and that handkerchief was so saturated with the anointing, people would be delivered, healed, and set free because the kingdom of God had permeated, not just the message, but the substance of the kingdom had so permeated those cloths that the evidence of the message was going, and it was carried in anointing cloths. Isn't that amazing? Don't you wish we could do that kind of stuff today? I'm telling you, I was in Cuba. I was preaching. I was preaching about the anointing. I said the anointing is tangible. You can feel it. The anointing is, is storable. You can store it in something. And the anointing is transferable. You can transfer it to somebody else. It's like the chicken pox. When you got it, you can give it away. You know, I think there's a type of it going on in the world today called COVID. I think it's a forerunner of the supernatural. The COVID is really contagious. Well, I'll tell you what, the anointing is way more contagious. The anointing is way more powerful, and it's going to flow more powerful. And what you've seen the whole world brought to its knee with one stupid little bug, you watch and see what the message of the kingdom does to the globe. If a group of people can catch it and just believe it and start to do it, yum, yum. Look what sin did. How much more will not Christ manifest himself in this world? All right, I want to I wanna wrap it up. I do want to wrap it up. So unusual miracles. Oh, sorry, I was in Cuba. While I was preaching in Cuba, I took a cloth. And I, was, I was sweating buckets. It was so hot inside that church. When I got to it to walk in the door, it was so full of people. Just walking in the door, it was fan force heat was coming out. I just, it was so hot in there, I could barely breathe. I was just like, oh my God. And there I am preaching. They took pictures of me while I was preaching. I'm preaching in a suit. And I tell you, I started with a light gray suit. By the time I ended, it was black, black with sweat. And guys were taking pictures just watching as the time went and suddenly I was standing there and then when I got home it was all full of salt it was like a rigid thing my wife had to get a crowbar to get it off me but I was soaking wet with sweat I was taking the sweat and I just threw this cloth and this lady jumped up and she grabbed it whoa hey wow good for you but, you know, she grabbed that cloth, and at the end of the meeting, she came to me, and she showed me a baby. And the baby's eyes were clear, and the baby's skin was bright. And she said, I brought this baby in, and this baby has leukemia. And the baby's been having these uh, treatments, and it's caused her liver to, to be shot. And she was all jaundiced, and her eyes were all yellow. And people on my team said, yeah, when I saw the baby, I went, oh, my goodness, that baby looks so terribly sick. But the baby was totally healed in the meeting because a grandmother reached up and grabbed the cloth, and she said, if what this man is saying is true. I'm going to have some of that anointing, and you see that baby healed right now. That was that, that. Those meetings that week were crazy. I saw a lot of miracles. That was the first time I saw blind eyes open. Was in that meeting. They brought a blind lady up. We prayed for, her, and I said, "What's she saying?" She said, "She can see. She can what?" I mean, I was praying for sight, but I couldn't believe it when it happened. 
So somebody had faith because, wow, what a miracle. But I tell you, the kingdom of God came. It was standing room only, people pressing in in the courtyards. You couldn't even get near that building. But I tell you, heaven invaded earth and great things took place. It's time for us to do that stuff now, folks. It's not just a cute kingdom message so we can understand. Isn't it amazing who we are? It's amazing who we are to do something. God did not do all of this in vain. He did it intentionally and on purpose. I want to step past a bunch of stuff. First Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's not a word. The kingdom of God isn't logos. It's dunamis. Jesus said the kingdom isn't a bunch of talk. And understand the kingdom, get the revelation of the kingdom, but the purpose for the revelation is so they could lose power. It's so they could do the stuff. Hello! All kinds of people. Throughout history, there's been reformers. Martin Luther, he said, Martin Luther said, if, if you don't have anything worth dying for, you haven't lived yet. And Martin Luther was a great reformer. Thank God for Martin Luther. We got the just shall live by faith. Somebody was trying so hard to earn his way back to God. And we finally realized that you're right because of faith. You're not right because of anything else. You have faith in the gospel. And he completely reformed the church. And, you know, he also had miracles in his ministry. He had one of his, one of his guys who helped him was, was Frederick uh, Myconius. Frederick Myconius. He was sick. And he, on his deathbed, he sent Martin Luther a letter. And he said, I'm not well, my friend. I'll never see you again. I'm on my deathbed. I'm going to die. Martin Luther sent him a letter back. says, you will not li- die. You're going to live. I have need of you. We still have work to do. I command you to live. He ended up living. And he outlived Martin Luther. And there's been miracles all through these times. Reformers are miracle people. Charles Wesley says, he said, I set myself on fire and people come and watch me burn. They're like, how many, how come all those people come to your meetings? He says, I don't know. I just set myself on fire and people come and watch me burn. And it's said by a French sociologist did a study and he said, France had a revolution and England had a reformation. And he said, the only difference between the two nations was the preaching of John Wesley said, because of that man, instead of a revolution, we had a revival. And they had a reformation, which changed the whole land. And uh, that's, that, was, that was by a French sociologist. He wrote that, and he, he came to the conclusion that that's why. But I love John Wesley. When he preached, they would go before he started preaching and get all the people to come out of the trees. Because people would climb the trees so they could see, and they'd, they'd try to get closer. And they'd send ushers out to go, please get out of the trees, please get out of the trees. You know why? Because his preaching was so powerful. People would fall out under the power of God while he was preaching. But they had a problem because people started falling out of trees. The power of God would hit them, they start falling out of trees. So they had a whole tree usher group, please go get all the people out of the trees. And the power of God accompanied these people's ministries. It was powerful. Charles Finney, Charles Finney in his revival lectures, I mean, he was a powerful preacher, but Charles Finney said this, the primary cause of deception in unsurrendered believers may be condensed into one word, passivity. Thus, he falls into inertia and is open to the way of deception and invasion. Uh, Tommy Reed, he wrote about Finney. He said, Finney preached to converts that converts did not escape from life, but that they began a new life of interest in God's kingdom, not with separate interests. They got consumed with the kingdom. Charles Finney got invited to a whole huge factory. It was a, a new manufacturing place, and the owner said, come see what we're doing. He stepped in the door of the plant, and when he stepped in the door, the people all fell on the floor. And he had to preach the gospel, and they all, the whole plant accepted Jesus because he was packing the power of God. And you know what Charles Finney preached? He preached the kingdom of God. 
See, we got to walk in that same... Catherine Booth, the, the Booth, uh, uh, William Booth, Catherine Booth, the uh, Salvation Army. Salvation Army was not a church. It was a wing of the church. They wanted everybody to still go to church. That's why even today they don't have uh, baptism or the Lord's table because they never... We're not a church. You stay at your church, but come with us and we'll change the world. So go to your church, but come and join us in transformation of culture. But Catherine Booth, she said, if, if, if we are to get a better future, we have to disturb the present. You know, in their meetings, they'd actually, they put shelves up in the back of the hall, and they had all these racks, and they had racks there, because in their meetings, the power of God would hit so hard, people would fall out, and they'd be out for hours, and they kept stumbling over them, so they'd get them out, they'd pick them up, put them in a rack, and they'd shove them on a shelf until they came to. I mean, all of these reformers, there was more than just a message of word, there was the power of God on display. Always the power of God. Just go one last, go right to the end. My last scripture, Romans 12, 11, my time is gone. Romans 12, 11, it says, never lag in zeal in an earnest endeavor, but be aglow and burning with the spirit, serving the Lord. Enthusiasm, devotion to a cause, tireless diligence to its furtherance, being hot, boiling. Never, never let there be a time in your life where the cause of the kingdom doesn't consume you. And when we get like that, folks, I'm telling you, the world doesn't have a chance. God did not create this, and he did not call you in vain, but he called you on purpose, and he called you intentionally to be somebody who would transform your world. So the kingdom of God looks like something. It's a culture of love and a culture of honor. And you know what? When the kingdom of God was preached and demonstrated, everybody was forcefully trying to get in. And I'm just believing if we can develop a kingdom community where we're not just talking about it, but we're manifesting it, you won't be able to stop people from pressing in. COVID won't stop it. Nothing will stop. People will rush to the revelation of God's kingdom, his power, and his authority. Amen. Come on, stand up with me. Hey! <laughs> Your half faces are looking awesome. Father, we bless you. Hey, can you, everybody pray? Believers, you're praying, crying out to Jesus. We're just praying. I don't know everybody here today, partly because I can't see your face. Maybe I do know you. I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you've walked in. You said, man, kingdom sounds good. And just like that word says, everybody said, let me in. Everybody said, I want some. They were pressing in with everything they had. Maybe you're here today and say, hey, pastor, before you go, I want to say yes to God. I want to say yes to his purpose in my life. If that's you, I'm going to go count to three real simple i'm going to go one two three and then just put your hand up so i can see it are you ready one two three just put your hand up very high so i can see it thank you anybody else just put your hand up really high so i can see it anyone else well look we're all gonna pray so you pray you put your hand up you're gonna pray but let's all pray together all right so lift up your voice real bold say lord jesus i receive you as my lord and savior i thank you that you have introduced me to your kingdom. I am conveyed out of darkness into light. And I am forgiven. I am healed. And I am free. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. That's awesome. Fantastic. If you did that online, online, you can go to our website. You can click a button, press a button, say that you want more information. We want to communicate with you. We want to talk to you. We want to follow up with you. All right. Can I pray for you?
Father, bless this house. Bless each and every one. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. Father, we again, we curse COVID. We curse the fear. We curse every pack of demons that's running with it. We command them to go in the name of Jesus. We command it to go in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for, for uh, incredibly uh, uh, revelations and things found. We thank you for uh, cures and things that are being manifest right now. We refuse to let this limit all these dear people we love. We refuse to let something evil just shut down the face of the earth and cause this kind of hardship. COVID, you got a name, but I got another name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we command you to go. And so, Father, bless us as your people. Bless us as your church. Just continue to use us. Put us on now like a garment. Church starts now. Church starts when you walk out that door. Church starts right now. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, manifest the kingdom of God everywhere you go. In Jesus' precious name, amen.